Hello everyone and welcome back to the Aviation Weekly Podcast. I'm your host Jack Riley and it's not really been a very interesting week last week but we do have some news on new liveries, seat and the largest ever transatlantic network all coming up in today's podcast so stay tuned. Okay so first off in last week's news and information we have ANA revealing its new Pokemon jet on the aircraft registered GA894A and was revealed at one of ANA's hangars at Tokyo Hananda International Airport. While several of the cabin crew and executives were in attendance to display event, one of the Pokemon characters Pikachu was also there to further emphasize the theme. Now this livery was specially designed for ANA by the Pokemon company. The livery of the Pikachu Jet NH features the legendary Sky High Pokemon, excuse me if I say this wrong, Rayquaza, which appears to fly across the entire wide body fuselage to create a unique, amazing visual. Obviously these two companies go very well hand in hand as Pokemon made by Nintendo which is a Japanese company and of course A&A is a Japanese airline. Now I do have to say this is a very good looking livery. You have the classic blue, the dark blue and the brighter blue stretching across the entire body all the way up to the wings with Pokemon designs on top of it and it looks very interesting. There's certainly not a lack of things to look at with this livery. Shortly after it's revealed the jet headed off the next day to Bangkok on the 4th of June as NH847, that was the flight number, and similar to how Pikachu was presented during the showcase event, the Pokemon mascot Pikachu was also in attendance during the boarding process of the first flight. ANA did not stop there though. Passengers were welcomed with special boarding music at the gate and received commemorable gifts. Pokemon theme continued on board the aircraft where passengers were greeted by the airline's cabin crew dressed in unique Pokemon themed uniforms. Currently, the Pikachu jet is scheduled to operate until October 28th this year and will continue to make its worldwide debut from Tokyo Hananda International Airport to various destinations worldwide. A few of these include Singapore, New Delhi, Bangkok, Sydney and Vancouver. Although currently uncertain if ANA will add more routes or extend flight schedules for the Pikachu jet, Aviation and Pokemon enthusiasts can only hope, but only time and probably demand will tell. Now we do have two Pokemon 787s obviously with the Scoot 787, although they do look very differently with Scoot opting to have the orangey colour of the tail as the main theme of the aircraft, while A&A have the bluey and the dark blue and light blue theme across the aircraft, which is obviously what is on their tail. Scoot does also have the interior decorated with Pokemon themed stickers on the overhead bins and having a Pikachu with balloons as a drape down from the headrest of the seats. Next up in the news from last week, we have ATR have unveiled their Highline Premium Seat Collection at AIX. ATR have stated that they hope to appeal to both commercial and business operators alike with this new range of high-end cabins. It aims at combining high-end luxury with practicality and flexibility. The European aircraft manufacturer debuted its high-end range of the Aircraft Interiors Expo taking place this week in Hamburg. ATR's intentions of this move was to take one of the most fuel-efficient regional jets on the market, the ATR, and take it to the next level offering a sustainable alternative to business travel. Currently, the Highline range offers five different cabin configurations depending on the need of the customer. These are multi-class, a spacious 50-seat layout including a dedicated first-class cabin, which is unusual for regional aircraft of this size. Next up, we have Premium Flex. Thanks to ATR's unique X-Space table concept, the cabin's standard double seats can easily and quickly be converted into single premium seating, each with their own solid table. This makes it ideal for boutique airlines and charter operators. We also have the all-business class. 
Cabins that can accommodate up to 30 guests in an exclusive all-business-class configuration, which will no doubt lead to corporate customers, increasing ATR's profit and certainly allowing sustainable way of business travel. We also have multi-section, offering a variety of different cabins to meet differing needs, from relaxation to work. This will suit flights catering to governments and or heads of states. And last, we have the best spoke VIP interiors that can be tailored to suit personal preferences going up to the height of luxury. This could also mean that they make a very good alternative for private jets in that configuration. This definitely gives a more premium feel for the ATR aircraft, which is unusual for a lot of regional jets. If you just go and Google and search in ATR's new Highline seats, it will show you a bunch of renders of the cabins so you can see for yourself what this new cabin looks like and it will show you all the different layouts too. ATR prides itself in sustainable growth, with this aircraft burning 45% less than other regional jets. The manufacturer is also leading the way when it comes to the use of sustainable aviation fuel, also known as SAF, with the first 100% SAF-powered ATR flight taking place in June of 2022. ATR is growing daily and has sold over 1,600 aircraft, and after a downturn during the pandemic, 2023 is shaping up to be a busy year for ATR, with the manufacturer expecting to deliver 40 aircraft. By next year, hopefully this figure will have increased to 50. ATR have some major worldwide customers in Indigo and Air New Zealand, with Indigo having 39 aircraft and Air New Zealand having 29 aircraft. And last up from last week's news and information, we have Delta Airlines, who has officially reached its largest ever transatlantic schedule. The scheduled operations include 77 different routes across the Atlantic Ocean, connecting 32 different destinations. Over the past three months, Delta has restarted or begun 31 of these routes. Customers will be able to utilize over 650 different flights per week during the peak of this upcoming summer. This is a 30% increase in availability and seat capacity compared to last year at the same time. Delta has increased flights from one of its main hubs, Atlanta. Atlanta is already extremely busy as it is, so adding more transatlantic routes out from there, especially with Delta, can make the airport even busier, especially when they're flying large aircraft such as A350s. You know, you have 400 people easily on side of an A350. It's going to be very, very busy inside the airport. Not only did they reach its largest ever transatlantic network, but they also announced a new daily non-stop service to London Heathrow, from LAX, which is beginning this summer. Not only that, but the airline also has the largest transatlantic schedule flying out of New York. Out of the Delta 650 weekly flights, 230 of them are coming from JFK, flying to 26 destinations across the Atlantic. Many of these are seasonal flights from the summer. Delta will also be flying a new route to Geneva, Switzerland, which will also bring back its operation to London Gatwick after 15 years. Finally, it's bringing back its service to Berlin, restoring flying capacity to pre-pandemic levels. Currently, we're seeing a lot of airlines return to pre-pandemic levels, but we are also seeing a lot of issues occurring and rising up when airlines are trying to get passengers back on the plane. They're trying to get new flights out, but currently airlines are really understaffed as they have to let people go during COVID, and these people aren't returning to their jobs because they're most likely retired if they're an older age, if they're a pilot, and... Currently, workers are getting underpaid, such as baggage handlers, and they just don't respect the jobs anymore. So they're going on strikes and then leaving flights to be cancelled and bags to just be left in completely different countries or placed on the wrong flights. So while it is a very good thing to see flights returning to pre-pandemic levels, it also does arise a lot of issues and investment is needed into airlines and into the job sector, like mainly baggage handlers and people who work on the ground, to return these flights to pre-pandemic levels and remove the current issues that we're seeing across multiple airlines. Okay, there's three of the main stories from last week. So you're pretty much all up to date in the latest aviation news and info. So stay tuned for either Sunday or Monday when we're coming out with the this week's news and information, so we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Aviation Weekly Podcast.